Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Someone ha- here. Yeah. Happy March Madness Monday. And there's still games today. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's it's kind of fun. I I kind of like it dr- drifting into Monday. What I didn't realize, I know, you know. I'm not a big college basketball guy by any means. Um, Tug mentioned this on our show that the, the days were different, that it would drift into Monday, which I was excited about. I'm like, cool. Like when, when we're done with this, I'll throw it on. Um, what I didn't realize is then they don't play again until Saturday. That's Correct. very weird. Why is that? What I is have it? no clue. What is, what is this about? Is it more break in between games so that they can like make sure everybody's healthy or? So normally the break would be Sunday and then they play again on Thursday. Yeah. It's usually Thursday through Sunday, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Thursday through Sunday. And then just Saturday and Monday. Yeah. So now it's going to be a lot. Obviously it's a lot different. Um, So there's just a few extra days off. Got it. Well, you, but my, you know, Andy, you said you said last week before the show, basically, you're like, this whole season's a sham, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, I'm just over here going like, still don't care about college basketball. It's hard for it's hard for something to happen to make me care about college basketball less than I already did. So I was just like, cool, whatever. Tug came in here throwing hot nugs around and uh, we're through the first two two rounds. And we did have we hit our over half a game canceled for COVID Oregon who plays today. Are they playing now? They're playing soon. Um, got a free pass to the second round with a canceled game. Canceled. Who, who did they, who were they canceled against? Who, who was Virginia Commonwealth for VCU. Okay. Uh, canceled. And is it official Andy? Is this a, an asterisk championship? Well, I wouldn't call it an asterisk championship, but well, first of all, I was wrong. If I believe I said that they were not going to cancel any games because there's too right. much money at stake. So I was wrong. You were leaning that way again, following the, the paper trail of money. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not, it's not an asterisk, but yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying is I'm not my question to you, and I, and this is more from the standpoint of somebody who you know again doesn't care at all. But like you came into this saying this whole thing's a sham. So I came add, in hot. I came in hot for sure. Add add on top of the whole season was shortened. Baylor had three weeks off, blah, 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 blah. But like all of these things, games canceled, you know, 
the Patriot League playing eight games against each other and that's it. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of things about this season that were already suspect. I'm saying take what you already came to the table with. Sham, you kind of came with sham tournament to start. Now I'm saying within the tournament, a team has advanced to the second round. I mean, if Oregon goes on and plays deep into this tournament after getting a free pass, then you got problems. But also like VCU's made runs in the past. True. You know, like final four under Shaka Smart. Now now we don't know if if VCU had another Cinderella in them. Um, my, My question is those two things combined. Asterisk championship for Joshua Belly. <laughs> that I will agree on. If it's Gonzaga, it's an asterisk. Everybody else will decide. Sure. I, I like that. It's a good take. It has made for an interesting tournament. I mean, the upset. I'm kind of like if if Duke and Kentucky aren't in the tournament, is it really an NCAA basketball tournament? The only thing that's giving us any st- stability whatsoever is Jim Beheim and a bubble Syracuse team are in the sweet 16, baby. And Beheim's kid is good. Really good. Yeah. We were mocking coach's son last week as, as guys who didn't watch much college. But yeah, he's, he's a little bit of a sniper. Yeah. He's got a little chip on his shoulder too. Dropped 25 yesterday. Did you see the tweet I put out? I retweeted on dirty sports. I saw it. No, (laughs) but buddy gets no respect on Google. No respect. And then another dirtball chimed in that his daughter is also on there as Jim Beheim's son. So she even gets less respect. Unbelievable. And then I don't know if you saw my follow-up, but you know, I did I was just like, okay, let's let's look at some other famous sons. I put in Bronny James, American basketball player. I mean, this kid's in high school. Buddy Beheim's lighting up the NCAA tournament. He's still Jim Beheim's son. Give uh, hashtag respect buddy or hashtag coaches son's lives matter. Yeah. Hashtag let buddy be an American basketball player on Google. Yeah. It's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. But damn, not only did he pump out a kid at 55, that wasn't like jacked up sperm. That was like quality sperm. Cause his kid is producing. Well, when you look at, like, you know, I went down, a whole like deep rabbit hole on the Beheim family. Once it happened, Beheim's wife ain't Beheim's age. That's for sure. I don't know where he finds a woman like that in Syracuse, New York as a, who's into college basketball. Was she like a orange cheer girl or something like that back in the day? Is this a second wife? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I don't know if that's their mom. If that's not their mom, I don't know anything. Yeah. 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 It is. Of course, it's their mom or it's their second. It's his second no, mom. it's a second. He was married to Elaine Beheim from seventy six to ninety four. This is Julie Beheim ninety seven, which would be his mom. Okay, oh, yeah, Julie's nice. She's fifty four. See all these calls we have about you being a pedophile. You like you like a lady in her golden years too. Well, equal, I, oppor- equal opportunity degenerate dent head. I have never, ever shied away from a woman with some years on her. I'll just say it. 
I know we're not as dirty as before. They know how to suck and they know how to fuck. Oh, Andy, please respect Jim Beheim's wife. I'm not talking about his wife. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I'm just saying the girls who have some mileage on them. Dude, you got to get out of the basement, man. It's getting, it's getting rough over there. It's getting dark. You don't get enough sunlight. Every time we're on the show, it's sucking and fucking and C words. And you turned in Midwest basement guy. You know what? I've been getting out a lot. The weather is nice here. I'd Midwest like to, man yells at clouds. I'd like to announce I've been <laughs> running again. I got a new pair of not even a sponsor. They're getting a free plug. I got a new pair of Brooks Glycerin, the 19, the newest ones. I, lo- I love that song. Brooks Glycerin. Brooks Glycerin. <laughs> Even got a discount. The local running spot near the gym I go to gives you 20% off if you're a member of that gym. It's exciting. It's this is my life. It was very exciting. Take that $150 pair of shoes, 30 bucks off, just like that. And I'm running again. So anything is possible. <laughs> I'm running, I'm swimming, I'm doing push-ups. I got a lot going on, Joe. This this is this is what's happening. You need, you need, to, get, you need to get yourself a a nice bike and start biking around those hills of Cincinnati and then finally do that, that triathlon that Keiko made you cancel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should. And you know, you know what else I've been doing is getting the lawn nice and ready, Joe. It's officially spring there, right? The weather's, been, the weather's been good and, and no sign of it turning back. It's that rainy season slash pretty nice weather. April showers. Exactly. Bring, bring nice lawns. Or something like that. Yeah. And you know what else is bringing nice lawns is our friends at Sunday. I'll tell you what. I love working with Sunday. They've sent the products. I have applied them to the lawn. And I can already see the truer green fertilizer that I've applied is already making the lawn look nice, green, crisp, fresh. Guys, if you need help like me and if you're doing this, as a first timer like me taking care of a lawn by yourself, it can be overwhelming. We got ourselves a first timer over here. Yeah, that's right. But it's not overwhelming when you have Sunday because they send the products. They're there to help. I actually called their support. This is a true story because I had a few questions and they were very helpful. I was asking how how much I should apply to the lawn, some other questions that I had, and uh, they really do take care of you and I can't recommend them enough. Dirtballs, if you need help with your lawn, let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit getsunday.com forward slash dirty to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. Once again, that's getsunday.com forward slash dirty. And correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but now's the time to do it, right? Now's the time to put the Sunday on your hose, spray it into your lawn. Correct. And then let spring happen. No, you're, this isn't something to wait until your lawn's not popping for spring. Get on it now. It's a great point, Joe. Now is crunch time. Now, if we're talking March madness, now is the final two minutes. You got to be prepared. You got to have the right play. So that's $20 off your custom plan at getsunday.com forward slash dirty. Okay. What did, what have you, there's, I mean, there's a lot to get into with March mm-hmm. Madness. And yep. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this year it, the upsets are out of control. We're not even through the first two rounds. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're it, it's it's certainly again not a college basketball guy, but it's certainly up there with with some of the big upset years. I saw that it's the UCLA game today is UCLA and another double digit team, another double digit seed. Um, and so one of them is for sure going to the sweet 16 and it'll be the, like only the third time or something like that, that four double digit seeds have gone to the sweet 16. So wow. yeah, it's, it's up there with, you know, other high underdog, high Cinderella seasons. And I'm assuming a lot of that is the way the regular season played out. Um, you know, the teams that were drawn were they, are they the right teams? Are they the right seeds? Are they whatever? Also just, you know, the, the inconsistency with everything. I think, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to like ha- get yourself to a certain place in the season when the season stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. I'm sure practices are difficult. I'm sure practicing even now is difficult, but, um, I've watched a lot of the games actually. I, uh, I went heavy this year on, I was like the, all the years that I've ever really enjoyed um, March Madness. And you know, this because you go to Vegas, you did the Vegas thing with Maddie has been when I have been in places where I could gamble on them openly and obviously gambling now easy to do over the internet. I haven't the last few years really gotten involved, but I met tug out on, I think that was Saturday or something like that um for some for some drinks and watching some games and uh his crew was all making bets so i was like yeah i'm gonna get involved in some in some bets and and i bet saturday i bet yesterday and uh that caused me to watch a lot more basketball at least college basketball than i ever have before well they've been entertaining games especially coming down to the end especially teams coming back you saw it again last night the darling right now is Oral Roberts, who becomes only the second 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16 since Florida Gulf Coast did it a few years ago. Like last night's game, they're down. They make a push. Or were they down? Am I, am I mixing games? Who, who was down who came back at the end? Were they down or, or were they? I, I believe they were down and came back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I actually didn't watch that game. but Fun, uh, fun game. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of these games have been fun games to watch. And uh... here's the thing I'll say about this tournament so far. Um, normally, I really don't enjoy college basketball because of the sloppiness and especially because of the late game, call it anti-heroics, where guys play hero ball and then, um, you know, give, basically give up the games. These games, especially considering the the circumstances, or at least the games I've watched, have been pretty well played. They've been pretty crisp. There's been pretty crisp basketball, considering we're in a in a COVID season, and a lot of the end of these games, it it you know wasn't not all the games. We've seen some hero ball shots, especially the most ludicrous thing is down one or tied. Or even down two, honestly, the, the like the like I have to shoot a three thing is it's like it's insanity. Um, but I've seen a lot of games 
where guys go to are going to the rack at the end of the game and getting foul calls and getting baskets and or rebounds that yeah Texas or, the Texas first uh the uh what Abilene what, what what's what's the school Abilene Christian Abilene like did, like did you see that game yeah guy goes to the hoop misses tough shot but not a bad shot guy gets the rebound foul makes the free throws they win yeah and like I just can't stress how much like it's ludicrous that teams don't do that more. And, you know, I, I love the NBA because the NBA has the, in my opinion, by far the best athletes in the world, um, especially top to bottom in sports. I don't even think it's a question. Um, and they're, they're doing it at the highest level. And the jump between college basketball and NBA is so huge, but I do like, I have always liked the, the fundamental aspect of college basketball where, you know, there are plays being set. There are, there are, you know, ball fakes. There are a lot more backdoor cuts and all that. I like that. Um, if it's well played and I gotta say, I, I'm especially surprised given the season that this has been a pretty crisp tournament. You know why though? It, 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 it. It could be. You talked about Duke not being it, Kentucky. These schools that have the one and done guys. Yeah, that's a good point. That is the hero ball. They're not going to stay. There's no continuity with the players. And then you got a team like Houston, let's say. I don't know. Maybe a couple guys could go pro. I have no clue. But my point is, right, they're a good team. They're going to play better as a team. I feel like you see that with Baylor. Yeah. I, watching them, I think they play very well as a team. And I think the three-point shooting has definitely been elevated within the college game, just like the pros. I mean, yeah. these guys can shoot now. Yeah. And that changes everything. And what I've found interesting through this tournament is also like the NBA, no lead is safe. You know, you look at a lot of these games, teams are down late 10, 11, 12 points, and they'll come back and win which in the past, at least just based off memory, I don't have a number to back it up. I feel like when you're a, when you're a worse seed, you're not coming back when you're down 10 with four minutes to go. Yeah. But now I feel teams have the ability to do that. And I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for the Earl Roberts, the Loyola Chicago's, the whoever. And I want to see craziness. I love the madness as far as. Did you even fill out a bracket? No. Confession, their balls are going to go nuts on the hairs. I don't think I filled out a bracket in three or four years. Wow. Speechless. Mr. College Basketball. I'm not Mr. College Basketball. I, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy watching. Is that lame that I don't do brackets? No, it's just, I mean, cheap fun is, uh, is, how it was presented to me this year, you know, pizza Starro asked me to get in a bracket. And I was like, I didn't watch a single game this year. And he's like, cheap fun. And I was like, you're right. I'll fill out a bracket. And I filled it out and I was like, go Duke. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like it. Cause it's, it's fun to just see, like, I'm actually pretty, I'm not at the top of my bracket, but I was for a minute and I'm, I'm like, dancing around the top and I watched literally zero college basketball this year. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, and I have Baylor I, winning it all. So let's go 
Bears? Yeah, the Baylor Bears. Do you know what city in Texas that is? Oh, yeah, man. You got to know, right? Yeah. Hueco. Hueco. Which should be named Koreshville, this, to be yeah. honest. I was going to say, this. The, they're good because their coach has a cult-like following. Yeah. How about that white they've, guy on, they've on all Baylor? They've all drank the Kool-Aid for the coach. How about the white guy with the mullet and the grit yeah. stash? Yeah. He's, he's good. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of like fun looking guys this year. The, the, I mean, the guy in Loyola, Chicago, Farva. There are some interesting cats. I will say, I feel like white trash looking dudes have made their way into the college high D one ranks. Yeah. There's some, there's some characters, man. Who are you rooting for? Do you have any rooting interest? Again, I like when the the lower seeds go far. So I'll be rooting for somebody like uh, Oral Roberts to keep going. Uh, you know, Abilene Christian, Loyola Chicago, Oregon State. I like all that. But as far as teams, I would... I like West Virginia. Obviously, they lost to the Cuse. Um, Bob Huggins, for somebody who grew up in Cincinnati, just to see his evolution of just bar fat slob is is fascinating I mean, he's, to me. He's now he's now retired Don Nelson. Like I love that he's gone with like the he goes with the greasy slick hair and the weird goatee like. I, I swear he looked at like Don Nelson's, I think, Hall of Fame speech where he showed up in Tommy Bahama and he was like, yep, that's what was Bob Huggins wearing slippers the other day. <laughs> like, what the That's fuck what I'm saying. Doing? He's got so, Crocs on. So when he coached Cincinnati for all those years. Yeah. He was in a suit. He looked fresh. Yeah. He was always fire. Remember how fiery he was? He's not even that anymore. I'm telling you. It's he's, like he's eating a pastrami sandwich in the sideline. Just coaching gotten, the game. I, I think he's been hanging out with Don Nelson. And smoking a little of the Chiba. Yeah. They're, they're in Hawaii in the off season. And uh, now he's, but, and look, it's cost him. Biggest although, mistake. Although they almost won that game because Syracuse couldn't inbound the ball at the end. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they went full press Virginia. Yeah. I don't know, but that's the other thing about the, the NBA. I've said this for years. I don't know why trash teams. I don't know why terrible teams who are trying to evaluate players don't run the full court press. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's what I would do if I had like, like if you're, if you're, a you know, a terrible basketball team right now in the NBA, if you're the Atlanta Hawks, why, why have a seven man rotation to lose, you know, every game. If you're Houston and you're in the middle of a 10 game losing streak, 20 game losing streak, whatever it is. Why would you have a seven man rotation? Why don't you have an 11 man rotation and press the shit out of people? Especially with that shot clock at 24 seconds. It, it'll work. It'll work for a minute. I mean, the reason that, you know, the reason is because NBA players hit open jump shots. Like no, you know, every single player on the court can hit every single jump shot and they can all dribble and whatever. But I'm saying it's so out. Like you look at Syracuse, Jim Beheim has dealt with the press over the years. They couldn't get the ball in. Yeah. I mean, NBA are not practicing against the press. The, it's it's why people go like, well, the NBA players play more zone. Like you can't play zone in the NBA because everybody can hit every shot. Yeah. But I feel like you could press at least for a minute here and there. 
So who's your final four? Who do you have? Who, who's in my bracket? Yeah. I have a three quarter. I had a three quarters uh, Texas final four. I believe I have Baylor, Texas, who's yeah, now out. Tough one. Um, Houston. Ooh, I like it. And Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Which way are we supposed to say it? I forget. Doesn't really matter. Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Who cares? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I believe that's my final four if that if that makes if that works. I'm currently in second place. Yes. Z- the Zags, Texas, Baylor, Houston. So I was devastated when Texas lost, but a lot of people had Illinois and they lost. So I feel like that that gets me right back in the mix. That's a uh is that a tug predicts? We 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 talked about that game. Yeah. The fanfare with the two teams from Illinois and the proximity. I love Tug, and I want to give Tug credit for all of his nugs and all of his hot takes. But I also love that Tug will be like, you know, it could be an interesting game. And then if they lose, he's like, called it. You're like, bro, you said you said it could be interesting. He's like, do we fade the Big Ten? And then the Big Ten lose. He's like, told you, fade the Big Ten. I'm like, you actually asked if we should. You didn't say we should. If you had said we should... That's a hot take. You know who's repping this tournament? Nobody ever talks about them, especially basketball. The Pac-12, Bill Walden's Pac- Bill Walden Conference, the Throw Conference of Champions. Down the Conference of Champions. And you know that's my team. The two teams I don't have any rooting interest in college basketball. The two slight teams I root for in college basketball: Syracuse and UCLA. And UCLA. Wins their playing game, wins their opening round game, plays again today. I mean, I would love to see the Bill Walton's Bruins go far. Look at him over here. Look at his jersey up in the background from when he was on that national championship NBA winning Celtics team. Just you can't mess with the Big 12. It's sun. Nothing helps you become a great. That's what I said. The Pac 12. What did I say? I said Big 12, Bill. They are big. It's it's they're the big Pac-12. How is some conference going to take big? We're all basketball players. How dare you? <laughs> Are you insinuating that the Pac-12 is small? Because it's not. It's a very big pack of twelve. Outside in the rain of Oregon, shooting your jump shots. Once you get inside and it's dry, it's impossible to miss. Shooting on the sunny beaches of Southern California, wind pushing at you, get inside, no wind to deal with, cash money every time. Mick Cronin is, it, to me, is, again, he's a Cincinnati kid. He coached Cincinnati. Like, to me, that, that was crazy when they hired him. That also showed the state of UCLA basketball. They're hiring a guy who had success, but... I don't think even made it to the Sweet 16, maybe once. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, UCLA in the past could get whoever they wanted. Now they're hiring Mick Cronin. Well, I feel like, and, you know, again, I, I don't know, but it seems like they went years where they got the guys they wanted and they never worked out. And so, you know, maybe maybe think smaller a little bit and and think a guy who – you know, they're hoping can build a program as opposed to somebody who comes in and goes, yeah, whatever. But, um, 
I, I don't know. Like, listen, they want a play in game and they want a first round game. They haven't, they haven't done anything exciting yet, but if they win today and they get to the sweet 16 coming out of a, a playing game, it would be a nice, nice start for them. Sure. My biggest qualm I'll have with this tournament is how late it goes. It's going later than normal. It is. And I don't know if that's because of COVID because they have to clean the courts in 90 minutes, but some of these games, I'm, I'm no lie getting to bed. They're almost ending at one thirty. That's it, it never ended that late. Midnight, like to me, there's a huge difference if you're watching a game ending at midnight versus 1 a.m. That's yeah, a huge difference. But now you're on East Coast time. That's my point. Yeah. So like, you probably just didn't notice that they ended. No, I, I, don't th- I don't think in the, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I'd be shocked if in the past these games are ending at 1 a.m. plus. Quality of life, bro. It's a perfect time for them to end for me. Honestly, I think they're starting too early. <laughs> they're yeah. already on right now. It's, it's a game game tipped off at 9 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah, that's that's the number one drawback of Eastern Standard Time is without a doubt sports. Without a doubt. Number one. Number one. Like, like, like that playing game, UCLA, Michigan State, I fell asleep on my couch at 1045. I was tired, right? I woke up to go to bed. The game was already over. I mean, there's there's a lot of drawbacks, but that's number one in my opinion. Oh, it's number one. It, and it, even it, even the things it doesn't affect that much, it still affects immensely. Like to me, when you're on the East Coast and a baseball game starts at seven and it ends at ten thirty, that's totally reasonable. It's not a big deal. But when your baseball games, like when my Mets games start every day at four ten. It's happy hour baseball. It's the greatest thing in the world. It it's not even like like the the you know the bad aspects of it aren't like th- that that whole going late thing is not even a factor. But just the timing, just having a four o'clock start and a seven o'clock finish, as opposed to a seven o'clock start and a ten o'clock finish, is otherworldly. How great it is! Happy yeah. hour, and then I mean it was all. It's always for me watching a Mets game right up until I go to a show, right up until I go out for dinner, right up until I go out for drinks. So perfect. As opposed to like being at the bar and ignoring somebody as you look over their shoulder to see what the score is. Oh, it's glorious. But a lot more daylight, which I do love. Even already now, it's not even April. It's not fully dark till about 810 the change in the clocks. I do love that. Yep. Like you get a lot more light time on this part of the country than versus you the the full year. Well, you're also you're also at the furthest west part of the eastern time zone. True. But I like I like that. That part of it's great. You can get a little it's, neighborhood. It's darker in New York at 8:10. Get a little neighborhood walk in. You know, see what's going on and the old suburban life, whatever I'm living right now. I will be out though, Joe. Let's see here. T minus about 29, 30 days. Yeah. I hope the weather's nice. I, I need, I need a little beach time. I mean, there's just no way. Like when's it ever been not nice here in April? Yeah. I'm flying out the day after 420. 
Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Dude, do some edibles. What's your like top five must do's when you get out here? Go to the beach. That's obviously in the top five somewhere. Yeah. Visit Venice. Okay. Which includes probably dinner at CNO. Um, I'll see my therapist. I know that's so lame, but it's nice to see somebody in person. Have you been zooming with him? I have, but it'll, it'll be good to see him in person versus not that zoom's bad, but you know, something about sitting on that couch. He's on the other couch talking about life, looking at each other's eyes, you know, it's a much more personalized experience. Yeah. That's three, you know, see a few friends, which I mean, you can put all those together. Um, I don't know. Just play it by ear. We're a lot. Your your our your staying quarters are a lot closer to Mr. Chris Wilde, who I know you want to see. Yeah, we'll make we'll we'll make that happen. That was definitely on my list. How long is Chris Wilde's hair at this point? Short. It's cut. He cut it. Oh, he cut it. Yeah. He's down. He's uh he's got it high and tight. Really? Yep. I thought he was keeping it for acting stuff. Changed his mind. Okay. I got it. I don't think will comedy be open when I come out? Maybe. Could be. I'm doing our buddy Josh Nelson's uh PB backyard show in San Diego on Thursday. If any of our dirt balls are down there in SoCal, the so the so SoCal. So where's he uh, doing that now? Uh well his so his show, you know, that we did m- numerous times, uh is actually reopening indoors, I believe maybe as early as this week or next week. Um, but he also has a backyard show, but same, same area. Same area. Great, PB. great area. PB. Yeah. The, Venice, area. the Venice of San Diego. Ar- arguably one of the best looking crowds for shows. Just good looking people. That that's the thing you notice the most is here versus there. Just good looking people in yeah. shape. Good looking people. But Someone who's not looking well in Southern California right now, or not feeling well, I should say, is LeBron James. LeBron James has caught the NBA injury bug that is going around. Um, Multiple, at this point, super duper stars are out. And uh, LeBron James, the latest casualty, out. Anthony Davis still out. This, you know, listen, LeBron James has had really... I don't want to call it luck. I was going to say really great injury luck over his career. Um, I don't want to call it luck because the guy spends more money than I've ever seen in my life and more energy I've ever expelled in my life, staying healthy. Um, But it's tough because with the injury to Kevin Durant, with the injury to Joel Embiid, um, you know, with things happening, throughout the NBA with injuries on different teams that have set sort of teams back. Um, LeBron James was pulling into the lead, if not had already taken the lead for the most valuable player of the NBA. And now that campaign, much like Embiid's just before it was derailed by an injury. Um, The big question is how far do they fall with, uh, him and Anthony Davis out simultaneously. 
how much will that affect them come playoff time, their, their seeding, and also how long will it take when they both finally can come back to get the rust off of, you know, their championship quality basketball that they played last year. They are no longer the favorites right now. I don't know Correct. if you saw this. Correct. New Jersey. Brooklyn. Right. The Nets have moved into the top spot, according to Las Vegas. But again, they're without Durant. So, And they're without Kyrie Irving for three games for a family issue now. For real? Or are you just saying that? No, I'm serious. Breaking news this morning. Fam- Kyrie Irving that. out for three games with a family issue. Kyrie Irving got a lot of uh, got a lot of love for what I agree with was a very great take on like you know how to handle life and criticism or whatever. The other day he waxed philosophic um, in a post game press conference, and I thought what he said was Wait great. I mean, you can pull up the clip if you want, but my point is, um, bef- without delving too much into that, uh, he immediately has to leave again. So it's like, he can talk about how everything just kind of, he doesn't listen to the critics and he doesn't listen to whatever. And it's like, dude, you also just keep leaving for like your personal shit. So you ain't, you ain't Mr. No worries. He might be the most unlikable NBA player, in my opinion. He he just comes across as a know-it-all. Yeah. It's like, dude, just fucking shut up. Like you, you, you I don't, don't need him to shut up. I need him to play. You don't sound you try to sound smarter. I'll be honest, a lot of these athletes are doing it now. It's the same way celebrities are. It's like you, you just try to sound so much smarter. My thing is I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with you not playing when you're doing that shit. Like I well, that too. I'm I'm not a shut up and dribble guy. I'm a keep talking and keep dribbling. <laughs> like I'm I'm say whatever you want and you have earned this platform with your hard work and you have earned whatever but but also if you're going to be like I don't think about anything man. I just focus on my happiness. Also I have to leave again because uh my family is uh not happy. You're like bro, just play basketball but- and then you can do all the shit you want. That, but it does, it I'm doesn't totally for that. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't have to be a one or the other. It doesn't have to be a shut up, a dribble guy or you, do you see my point? Like, like, I, I just think some of these guys, they think like Kyrie to me, like, like he's prime suspect number one, where he, you know, it, it, it all started kind of with the flat earth thing where you're like, well, I like, dude, this isn't really debatable. Like, I don't know if it's because you went to, duke for three months you somehow think whether the earth is round versus flat is somehow questionable don't say stupid shit yeah that, that that's 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 my problem I, I think the younger generation in general not just athletes they try to overthink outside this box and with social media and they got all these ideas in their head and youtube and access to all this information and they're overthinking shit. Sometimes things are clear cut, right? Listen, I'm fine with him overthinking absolutely everything he wants. I mean, I wouldn't go. I don't even mind him like 
delving into flat earth theories, but don't share that because you're opening yourself up to criticism. And also just play also like also all that and play. It would be pretty cool if the if the NBA MVP was a flat earther. We'd be like, oh, this is crazy. Like, what world are we living in? Today? But Kyrie Irving will never be the NBA MVP because he doesn't play enough fucking basketball. And I agree with that point. It's the same with the off the field stuff if they're partying, right? Like, do what you want, just play. Yeah. Like, like, but let's not forget your your job at the end of the day is to play basketball. So you have to play. Here's the thing. You know, everybody in the world's got jobs. Your job doesn't have to be your whole life. Just because people look up to you while playing your job doesn't have to be your whole life. I agree. But if you, if I'm a teacher and I'm missing. Right. Days here and there. I'm not about Kyrie is he's just like, he just takes off three days here, three days there, whenever the fuck he wants. And you're like, all right, bro, I guess. Yeah. You have, I mean, talking about teachers, I mean, you have just like, just like teachers, NBA players, you have the whole summer off, dude. Yeah, I know. Don't even get me started, man. Don't even get me started. On on what? The teachers. teachers? Yeah. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what you're a former teacher. I know I am. That's what I'm saying. I've seen it firsthand. And, and, and. To me, it's been fascinating to see the teacher thing, especially in the big public school systems like Los Angeles with the COVID. I think a lot of them just don't want to work. Oh, I know. I said it. I said it on air. I I haven't been following the teachers union moves close enough to weigh, weigh in. This is based also off my very small, it wasn't long, but still experience with being a former teacher and a former union member myself. I, I just think that the power. I, mean, I think I think the majority of teachers I know are in it for summers off. That's their that's their shtick. Sure. Which which cool. They're like working said, to live, you know. And that's and by the way, I have no problem with that. Right. So I mean I'm not I wouldn't be saying I'm surprised that like teachers don't like that's the name of the game. Yeah, for the majority, I, I'm. I also know. I I also have a f- good friend of mine who has won the national teacher award twice at this point. He's literally the best teacher in America. He loves to fucking teach. Sure, he loves it. He takes so much. Like this dude lives to teach kids, and so this isn't a blanket statement. But I know one of those guys and I know 10 people who are like, I get summers off. I get to coach the basketball team. You're like, right, I guess. Which, yeah, that's one of the reasons I liked it. Like teaching's a great, I, I agree. I actually think it's a great profession. It's an admirable profession and it's like, it's fun. I think it's cool. Like I, I could totally be a teacher. Like if you, if you told me, hey, dude, you got to be a teacher again. I'd be totally cool with that. Totally cool. And it's also good because guess who's a minority when you are a teacher? Males. They they it's true though. They need males. It's like you flip the script on Is it is it true that the teachers weight rooms for men are like dwarfed by the female teachers weight room? <laughs> <laughs> 
Can we talk uh, about that scandal for a minute? Yes, go for it. Uh, so, well, here's my thing about this is like, yeah, it was it's stupid and like fucked up. And the NCAA is idiotic for putting out a small rack of dumbbells and calling it the women's weight room. And this may be like, I'll, I'll just say it because like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this as a misogynist or like a male chauvinist or anything like that. I'm saying this as a former basketball player. What percentage of any of them, men or women are lifting weights during the college basketball tournament? I don't think it's a high number. I don't think it's a very high number at all. I don't think those women even notice that there's not a weight room at all. If they just didn't give them a weight room as opposed to put out four dumbbells, because now some girls walking by are like, what is this four dumbbells sitting here in the hallway for? And they're like, this is your weight room. And it's like, what do you mean? This is our weight room. And then they got to text their, you know, boyfriend who's on the men's team like hey what do your weight room look like and he's like this is our weight room meanwhile did you see the pictures no one's in either of these weight rooms no one in the picture of the men's weight room not a single soul is in there working out i just think this is like yeah it's ludicrous that they tried to give women a small rack of dumbbells they bought off of amazon and call it a weight room it is offensive but also, why are we doing this in the first place? You didn't need to set up a weight room in the fucking conference area of this tournament. Like, this is so stupid. It's it's like, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, I have a few different angles of looking at it as well. One, let's take a step back. And realize the NCAA doesn't care about men or women. Right. Again, I, I'm trying to look at the actual problem. I feel like nobody's looking at the problem. So when this social media post is put out, I forget which women's player. I, I'm laughing. I'm taking a shit reading it. Right. I'm, I'm fucking around on Twitter. Okay. And I'm taking a big dump and I'm reading this. Okay. We didn't need the, the specifics. Well, I'm going into specifics. That's what we do here. And. I'm laughing out loud to myself saying, you're just off the mark here. They don't care about you as much as they don't care about the best men's player. They just don't follow the history of it. They don't care about any of you. So, so that's the first thing I would say. And the other thing is the NCAA corrected it and gave them a weight room, which was cool. But then here's my problem with it. <clears throat> By the way, I have no problem with her criticizing what they gave them as compared to men. I really have more of a problem with the NCAA, like half-assing just weight room situations in general. No one's lifting weights. And my bigger problem is uh, it's, it's snowballs into this thing. Now, did you see the, one of the coaches or directors of the double, the, the, Division two women's tournament is complaining about look at our facilities versus where the men are playing in Indianapolis. And, and first of all, there's no fans. So who cares how big your arena is? There's no fans in either of them. So who cares how big your arena is? There's a small amount. Okay. There's a small amount. There's no amount in. It feels like there's none. 
Right. But also we're talking about division. Like it's, you're not like, then where does it end? Well, that's my sec. That was my second. Then the men's division three are like, well, look at the division two. There is no division three basketball tournament. So who's getting screwed here? It's like, you have to kind of know your place in how much money you're making for the NCAA. Wait, 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 hold on. So you're telling me financial implications actually matter on this. Yeah, of course. Go figure. Of course they do. And and which is why, you know, it's the men's single a division one, then the women's division one, then the men's division two, I'm sure are smaller than the women's division one. And then the women's division two, because this is who's making the money now. What and I would think what that does, I think with that complaint by the division two female coach or whatever does is it discredits the weight room thing, which actually was a valid point, which is you care so little about what the women are doing. You're buying five dumbbells on Amazon and dropping them in a hallway. That's offensive. But, but now, would- but now by jumping onto this cause. You have disc now. It's like, well, you know what? Fuck, fuck all of you guys. Look, there's going to be disparities in life. That, that that's what for some reason always gets lost in the middle of all this. There is going to be disparities based on financial, like the financial side of things. That's what I'm getting at, right? It, it's it. Listen, when I go to do a comedy show on Thursday. When I go to the Pacific Beach Backyard Comedy Show as the feature act and Josh puts me in the corner of a bar and offers me a a single free draft beer. I can't take a picture of that and then be like, look at Eliza Schlesinger's green room at Carnegie Hall. Men are treated worse than women. No, no name feature acts are treated worse than headliners. And that's my point. For the, you know, all of these women, here's a, here's a fun fact. There's no rule that says you can't play on the men's basketball team. There's a rule that says they can't play on your team. So go play on the men's team. Well, and the truth is, this is where we're headed with all this shit, man. It is. It is. It's, it's sad, but it's, it, I'm telling you, man, it's where we're headed with a lot of this shit. It's. But I think these things need to be. Here's my point. The first complaint was valid. And then the second person saw what the first person's complaint got social media clout. And then they did their own. And all they did is discredit and actually hurt the message from women's basketball that the first complaint got a conversation going about. Now you've had to jump in with your division two bullshit and now you've discredited the whole fucking argument. But what about the argument if someone said, hey, man, the NCAA men's tournament is making this. I'm not saying that they can't upgrade the weight room. That's that's kind of a, a small piece of all this. Right. I, but that's but, but that is but that's that's the original point. That fine. was the point. That was the point that actually had substance, which is the women's basketball tournament 
is not making as much money as the men's basketball tournament, but it's making enough where you can, where you can buy more than fucking five dumbbells that you stole from the sure. fucking LA fitness down the street and threw yeah, them in yeah. a hallway. I, I agree there, but I'm just trying to look at like the bigger picture. And that's why I brought up my first point of they don't care about either of you. Well, that we know for sure. But, but they, but like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm, I'm so at my wits end with people just posting shit that does fucking nothing. It's like, dude, you really care? All you guys fucking don't play. But, but it's true. Like, but, she, but again, going back to the first point, she posted something. It did do something. They got a great weight room out of it. No one's going to use it, <laughs> but I, I feel like, Again, but but is that real change? I, dude, maybe I'm living in a fantasy world, but I, it's like if we want real change on things, we got to make real sacrifices and give up things. And, and that's my point on a lot of shit I see on social media. It's like, dude, if you want real significant change, w- one little social media post here and there, a fucking hashtag what is it actually doing and getting to like, like that's my frustration with all this again, with the NCAA is we're not the weight room problem is a microcosm of the NCAA, not caring about any of the athletes. Agreed. Yes. So my point is we've solved and they care about women less and, but they care about the people who make them the money less. They care. They care about women's college basketball way more than they care about, you know, Men's bowling, a hundred percent. Not but because my, they're men or women, because the women's college, makes a lot more people money. People watch college basketball, women's college basketball, and no one watches the bowling team. Sure, a hundred percent. But my point again is, let's if we want to actually eradicate a broken system, it doesn't start. It starts beyond the. It goes much bigger than the weight room. That's that's all I'm trying to say. And I've heard some stories too what they feed it's pretty amazing what they feed these guys um my buddy was telling me he knows some people and he was talking about when they showed up in indy and i'm sure they're doing the same if not worse for the they women got, they got fire fest sandwiches yeah yeah but but a lot of the men are just getting like fast food and stuff and it's yeah. like guys it's like guys you have a multi-billion dollar contract you can feed all these players non-fast food they're making you billions of dollars yeah take them to saint elmo's that's the it's the best uh steak joint in indy but you know i i i'm i'm all for like us trying to write this ship where you can but you also got to just like i have a feeling if we did this like i have a feeling if if you look at the abilene christian men's basketball facility I bet you the women's Yukon basketball facility pisses and shits on it. Yeah. Because one is one multiple national championships and one yeah. is Abilene Christian university. Sure. And you're probably right. You're I'm a hundred percent right. There's no doubt about it that the women's facility at Yukon is dope. So as always, follow the paper trail. Follow the money. I don't know why that's such a hard concept for people to understand. Like everything, like everything, every 
But now that I mentioned, I am going to start doing this. I'm going to start. I'm going to start taking pictures of my green room accommodations, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna start doing side by sides. Yeah. With with you know, when the big female comics post their green room shots, seems seems like a good idea, right? Sure, people will be on your straight white male side. I'm sure yeah. everyone will back you. I'm a trans woman, Andy. We've been over this. WNBA? Not with my knee injury anymore, but you know, maybe uh maybe maybe I still I still have some college eligibility, maybe women's division two. Maybe we can upgrade those with women's division two uh arenas if you get a get a little mustache on one of these teams. Yeah. I like it. Well, I, I've been upgrading my game. I've been upgrading my wardrobe game. Look at my look at my fresh shirt from Cuts that I'm wearing. My long sleeved shirt that I can work out in. I can go to the store in. Workout gear, casual gear. Really is a great fit. The the quality of this fabric, I absolutely love. I really do. Yeah. The the hoodie that they sent us is the best hoodie I've ever owned. I mean, it is it is slimming. It is comfortable. It has like, it has the, 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 the like cubby pocket in the middle with you know it. What, it's broken into two things. You know what they use in that? All through. The hoodie, they, they, they developed something called a Hyperloop French Terry fabric. Yeah. A, a textile that's temperature Hyperloop. controlled. It's temperature controlled and ageless. I love it. I was wearing that my black hoodie from Cuts last night. I couldn't agree more. It is yeah. such a fresh and fine looking and feeling garment. Like I just love wearing it. And that's how I feel with this. And the, the great thing is when you wash it, it doesn't shrink. And, and I, I really do guys, I, if you want some great looking gear and it's going to last and you're going to feel good, whether you're at the office, the golf course, home, the gym, your next date, you name it. I'm telling you cuts is the way to go. So upgrade your closet. Also, we have a special deal going on this week. So listen to this. This is the big announcement. So Dirtballs, again, time is money. So do it this week. Save yourself some money. Upgrade your closet and help a veteran in need during the Cuts Give Back Sale. From March 24th to March 26th, you'll get 20% off site-wide. And for every shirt you buy, Cuts will donate one to a veteran in need through working wardrobes. So get 20% off and help support working wardrobes by going to cutsclothing.com. Once again, that's cutsclothing.com. Just from March 24th to March 26th, get 20% off and you help donate to a vet. So couldn't have a better cost. So go ahead and do that. Once again, that's cutsclothing.com. C-U-T-S, cutsclothing.com. Andy, breaking news. More bad news for the Lakers family. Elgin Baylor, Lakers legend, NBA Hall of Famer, dead at 86. Um, Elgin Baylor, legend, uh, 10-time first-team NBA, all-NBA selection. Um, Has a statue outside Staples. That's, That's Elgin Baylor, Kobe, Magic, Shaq, is Kareem out there? Kareem is out there now. And Gretzky? 
An Oscar De La Hoya. An Oscar De La Hoya. But I mean, it's a it's pretty pretty serious class when it comes to the Lakers. You got to be pretty good to get a statue. Eldon Baylor, number one overall pick. I think he averaged like twenty five his first season in the NBA. I mean, he's drafted in nineteen fifty eight, but uh, you know, legend. Yeah, for sure. One of the best. If you're if you're in the if you have a statue, the Lakers, or if you're in the rafters, retired jersey, because that. That franchise has just had so many great players. So RIP to a legend. And the last Elgin. I mean, how many other Elgins did there been? Do you great. think Elgin Baylor inspired more Elgins? It's a great name. It's a great name. Elgin Ruther. I, I kind of like it. It's got a nice ring to it, especially the er at the end. You know, Baylor Ruther. What do you think? Should I name my first kid that? I, I like it. You think, Elgin any, Ruther. you think there's any kids out there? Of what, yours? Would, what would you put the odds on that? I have a child somewhere. Give me a percentage. 20%. Whoa, that high. Yeah. That is extremely high. I, the, the, I, the reason it's that high is the one girl who I swear got pregnant by you and then dumped you and then, then ghosted you. Hmm. I feel like I've had a few girls who've done that. I know you're talking about though. Yeah. There's another one in St. Louis too. Who I had a fling with who supposedly said she couldn't get pregnant, but then like had a kid and it was right around the time we were messing around. So (laughs) maybe 20% isn't that crazy of a number. That's high. I mean, there's, there's two suspects that may have used you solely for as a sperm donor and then ghosted you. So that's got, I would say one in fives about right. Is that a good or bad thing? I'm getting, I don't used. know, but if, but if any of them ever come around, you'd be like, what the fuck? My first child is supposed to be named Elgin. You really screwed me here. Just come around. Way, B- Baylor are now a lock to win the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Baylor dies. Baylor wins the championship. It's the, it's the season of Baylor. And they got a guy with a mullet. I mean, if we bring it back to yeah. that, throwing alley oops. I mean, has a guy with a mullet ever thrown an alley oop? Did you see that? Yes. I want to know the stat on that. Has a guy with a mullet and a grit stash ever thrown an alley oop in an NCAA tournament game? Before this, that's a deep, yeah, rug nug. I want my. Powered by AWS. Is that the big stat thing? Yeah. That's what we need. That would be a fun social media feed. I don't know how you would ever find that though. Labagami. You know, scoregami where they tell you like the scores that have never been scored before. Yeah. Labagami. What what combination of people have never connected on a lob before? Yeah. Guy with a mullet and anybody. Labagami. So how are you feeling about NFL free agency right now? Well, as a Giants fan, I feel pretty good. Ken, Kenny Galladay uh, signs with the Giants. Sounds like they're sounds like Jabril Peppers has been doing some has Jabril Jabril Peppers uh, taking the exact opposite approach of Urban Meyer and actually doing some recruiting of free agents. Um, 
sounds like a Dory Jackson could be the next chip to fall for the Giants. Uh, Galladay happened after we did the last episode, correct? Correct. So I gave I gave my thoughts, and I I will second those thoughts right now. I don't love giving contracts to guys with more millions in them than they've ever had catches in a season. Um, Seventy two million dollars, and I think he's had maybe seventy catches in a season. But obviously, he's not a big receptions guy; more of a big possession. Plaxico Burris type. I mean, when you look at, I saw a tweet about it, but there is like the, the comparison to his age and, and statistical history and Danny dimes age compared to when Eli Manning got plaques is like there. It's like remarkably similar. I don't love the money, but here's the thing the salary cap at this point is just a sham. It's just this, the salary cap at this point is just a thing teams use when they don't want to spend money restructuring other, otherwise they can restructure them however they want and make it all work. Like no team is like, we don't have the money. It's, it's, it's a game that everybody does with the IRS. Let's just call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. Like everybody's playing this game of cat and mouse with the IRS how to move funds, allocate funds, especially very wealthy people, right? You know, you can put it in this Roth IRA. It's less taxable or this IRA, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever program you have to maneuver things around. I put all my funds in a, a Tim Roth IRA. I'm fucking dying over here. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. Shot me in the gut. I'm IRS, I'm fucking dying. Wow. Shout out to the three dirt balls who get that. So <laughs> that's what's happening in the NFL right now. You're right. The salary cap is kind of a bullshit thing at this point. Yeah. It's an excuse can... teams use when they don't want to spend money. So that being said, it's not my money. And I like the signing. And I like giving Danny Dimes a big, tall, touchdown catching target. Just like I said about AJ Green signing. I hope, you know, it's it's really not about how much he produces except in touchdowns. If he catches double digit touchdowns next year, let's go. Um, the Niners are stockpiling linemen. They are building a line. Now they just need a quarterback to protect. Um, the, the, like, I don't know. It's been pretty, the NFL free agency. What are the other, what are the other headlines I'm trying to remember since our last show? Seahawks got Chris Carson back for a couple of years, right? Giving Russ his weapons. They signed, uh, former Rams tight end. What's his first name? Is it Gerald Everett? Everett. Yep. I, I, you know what? The Carson one, again, we just talked about running backs and contracts. It's a third year optional. They're not breaking the bank. I think he's, he's, he's injury prone, but he's a good running back. I think that definitely helps Russ stay. And but also, the, and also, like you said, or like, you know, the, the argument is against, the big money contract and he didn't get one and he was the system. And like, if you're, if you're a don't pay your running backs guy, then that's a great contract. Right. You know, I, I, I watched a video. It's so funny. I thought that everyone's coming around us and I thought of you and tug. I was watching, uh, I don't know. It just popped up. It was Adam Schefter on one of those ESPN shows. You know, I don't really watch those shows, 
but it popped up when I was reading the article. And Schefter's going down the whole thing like, you got to win when they're on their rookie contract. And he's he's talking about this and obviously Russ's contract now and how they won, of course, when he was on his rookie deal and basically how you have to win. It doesn't matter what team, right? It's almost you got that four or five-year window. Like the Browns are in the middle of it, right? Where you right. got to win now. You're on Baker Mayfield's rookie contract. I just thought it was kind of funny that it, now this has turned into a mainstream thing. And I'm thinking like, yeah. you guys were saying this two years ago. Yeah. And that's why, you know, to go back to the Giants thing is like the Giants have now, they, they also got, um, what's his name? Your boy, Cincinnati boy from Minnesota. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, um, who, you know, has certainly been a productive wide receiver in his, I think, 11 years in the, or tight end in his 11 years in the league. Um, so they're, they're surrounding Daniel Jones with weapons at this point. And in a way you it's in, in a way like this, and now this, this people are all right praying now, but like in a way it's been good that he's kind of been disappointing if they still believe in him and they're going to give him weapons because if, Daniel Jones had come in and been Justin Herbert, they would have already had to extend him. Sure. They would have already had to give him $500 million or $300 million or whatever it is. So now when they finally have a defense that shows up last year and they get weapons now this offseason, obviously, obviously the big need is this offensive line to protect the guy. And with Saquon coming back off of an injury, it's kind of good that he's been disappointing and he still has to be on his rookie deal as opposed to being like, fuck you guys extend me. Yeah. And this goes for every team, but that's why you also look at a team like the chargers and you go, you guys better win right now. Yeah. Like you better go win right now. Got three years. You got three years before you're going to be hampered by that contract. Yeah. I got to read this, these Urban Meyer quotes. Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban Meyer, this is just... Obviously, they haven't played a game yet, but this is just not a good start with... Well, they haven't played a game yet. He's complaining about free agency. He's whiffing in free agency. So how it works in NFL free agency, teams are allowed to contact the agents of players who will become free agents only during a two-day period before the league year officially starts. Which is basically when most of these deals are get, have gotten done in the last few years. Correct. Your, 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 your GM is contacting their agent, and you're basically doing a deal in terms. You don't actually sign the deal till Correct. the league year starts. Correct. But you can't ha- to call, talk with the players. You can't have them come for visits. You can't have them do the whole thing. Urban said Friday morning, I don't agree with it, but no one asked my opinion. I you're, guess that's... It- that's- Let's just say right now, that is for sure true. Urban Meyer, no one asked your fucking opinion. And then he used the old days line. I can't believe you used it. I guess in the old days, you could bring them in and meet them, have dinner with them. You find out the football intellect, find out their character. By the way, you can still do that. You just can't do it in those first two days. He just... Kenny Galladay came and met with the Giants. And then he goes on to say this. It's like he doesn't understand what Ur- what Urban was doing when he joined the NFL versus college. 
He well, says, I, you sent me this article and I texted you back. I was like, just based on the headline alone, I think Urban Meyer was surprised to find out that recruiting players to his team is, is no longer sending an assistant coach to some grandmother's house with a suitcase <laughs> with 200 grand in cash in it. He's like, wait, I, but hold on. He's like, I sent, I sent, you know, JJ Watts grandmother, a suitcase with $200,000 in it. Yeah. She kept it, but he's signed with the Cardinals. Then he said, it's like, he, again, he didn't understand how this works. In recruiting, we would have our recruiting meeting and identify the best players and say, go get them. And then all of a sudden, I start finding out this guy cost $28 million and this guy cost, I knew it. To say, I didn't, I don't know what he's saying. Like, he wrote, but just, or he said, but just the way you put that puzzle together, is Urban Meyer just now understanding how there's some sort of salary cap and what I, the I, he- I, th- I think Urban Meyer need. I think we need to put up a flow chart in Urban Meyer's office that says like, "Where are you coaching?" And it's like, it, there one line goes to, "Is the t- does the T-shirt you're wearing say University of something?" No. Does the T-shirt you're wearing say property of a professional football team? Yes. You're coaching in the NFL. Like, I feel like he just found out he's coaching in the NFL. I feel like that's what he just found out. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. He's like, wait, this isn't the Jacksonville State Jaguars? There is a Jacksonville State, is there not? Am I wrong? Isn't there a Jacksonville State? Am I not at Jacksonville State? Maybe his health issues that he's complained about over the years was dementia. Yeah. Maybe he has dementia and he thinks he's at Jacksonville State. I'm just surprised with all this like old. I'm surprised he wasn't like, also... I would love to see these floppers handle Bill Lambeer in his prime. You're like, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Is everybody, if you're, if you go full old head, is everybody old head required to mention Bill Lambeer's six, seven ass, six, seven fat ass? Yeah. Bill Lambeer is the staple of old head. Oh, yeah. He truly is. The best thing is old heads, the old head in the Bill Lambeer jersey, like the 50 year old white out of shape dad they look like i'm like is that bill lambeer yeah that's what bill lambeer looked like in the nba bill lambeer unbelievable yeah urban is not off to a good start and and if you're a jags fan and we all know what's his name what's man nine I know never forgets swingman. There is another guy whose name I do forget. There's another guy. <laughs> the Allen brothers, <laughs> the, Allen. the Allen, the Allen twins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, poor Trevor Lawrence. This is what you're walking into, bro. A coach who doesn't understand that players get paid in the NFL and there's salary caps and there's maneuvers you have to do. And, I love when he said, it's like a puzzle. You got yeah. this guy making this much money here. You got this guy making this. How can they all fit in that salary cap? He's like, I like it better when you just have unlimited amount of money, but you're not supposed to be paying them, but you just do it under the table. And then no one knows. And no one's keeping track of how much you spent because you're not even supposed to be spending. Yeah. And you get one of the boosters who's got a car dealership to give them a car and then to give their 
uncle a job as a car salesman off the books, but he doesn't have to show up. We just give him money for being there. It's like it was a way better system, way less complicated. He did the idea that he can't figure out the salary cap, but he can figure out, but he can have 75 guys on scholarship and and get 75 uncles (laughs) off the books car dealership jobs with fucking Ohio State boosters. The entire Northern Ohio car sales fleet are guys who are just uncles of dudes who are on Ohio State. He did sign Carlos Hyde to the Jags, which after, after reading this, made me, deal. It, it made me laugh. And I think Carlos Hyde is nice. Like, I think it's he's fine. a good, like, like he's a decent running back, but it made me laugh reading this. He's not going to give him money. And Carlos Hyde's like, yo, dude, you owe me money. He's like, we gave your grandma money. Yeah. 2014. He's like, yeah. dude, no, 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 no. That was under the table. This is a contract. Yeah. You owe me money because I am a professional athlete now. Like you have to actually pay me. He's like. Now is your just is your uncle Timmy still at Columbus Honda or not? <laughs> Meanwhile, people are going in to buy Hondas and they're like, so you you know the 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 accord or the you know you, you think is, is your accord a good a good car? Yeah. Well, I don't know. My 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 nephew's Dwayne Haskins, so I asked somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for you. I don't know. Is an Accord one of our cars? I, this is my first time here. <laughs> we have a shit ton of dirtball calls. And I'd, I'd like to get through some of them today. Okay. So there's Let's a lot go. of great calls. 310-359-8365. We will start off with this one. Hey, Joe. Hey, Andy. It's your boy, Jalen. Uh, just with a little... Uh, Quick, uh, quick tidbit I just saw on Twitter that I found to be very interesting. So, uh, AJ Green just got signed by Arizona. They're saying that because of this, there's a good chance Larry Fitzgerald's going to retire. Um, I just want to know where do you put Larry Fitzgerald all time on your receivers list? He's definitely not top three, but there's a strong argument, I think, for him to be top five, top six, quietly, uh, even. But um, played since 2004. He's got uh, 17,000 receiving yards, a little over, second all-time. Um, but what I saw that was so crazy, he's got 2,260 targets, give or take. He's only dropped 29 passes in his career, and he has more tackles than he has drops. He's got 39 career tackles. I just thought that was a pretty amazing stat for a 17-year career. I'd like to hear you guys' input. Thanks for everything. Stay dirty. That might be one of my favorite stats of all time. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. Now, here's my question for you. He said he's top five or six all time, but he's not top three. I I mean, dude, it's tough. I I would argue there's a better argument that he is top three than there's an argument that he's any lower than four. I think you could make a better argument that he is above, you know, T.O. Then you could make an argument that Chris Carter or Marvin Harrison are better than him. Jerry Rice, Moss, Owens, Carter, Harrison, Fitzgerald. That's the touchdowns list. So he's sixth in touchdowns. He's second 
cool that you're looking at that because I'm looking at yards. I mean, he is easily in second. He's, like he's second in receptions. And he's second in yards. And, and, and he's he's in a comfortable second. No one's no one's coming close to him, especially if he plays this year. You know, he'll be almost 2,000 yards ahead of third place Terrell Owens for yards. And he's so he's, he's second in reception, second yards, six in touchdowns. T.O. is third in touchdowns. Sorry, third in yards, third in touchdowns. And I don't know where he is in reception, but he's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in receptions. I'd argue he's third all time. It's really tough not to, man. And and honestly, look, listen, I could say he I could say he's fourth all time at worst. At worst, I agree. I mean, Moss is Moss is fourth all time in yards and second all time in touchdowns. Moss is more the Moss is way further down the list in receptions. But I think Moss, to me, Moss was a better receiver than Terrell Owens. Yeah. So, to me, you go. Owens Fitzgerald again I'll leave it at this he's top four all time like I don't even think you can argue that he's not higher than that he's that he's lower than fourth all time I agree I mean he's that good and now he goes into his Jerry Rice Seahawks years like where where does Fitzgerald go I don't know I'd like to see him with Arizona I would too, but but he he's he's definitely fourth yeah, that, 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 at, that, at that, worst that, at that worst drop, that drop stats insane. He has more tackles than he has twenty nine drops in that that's many cra- seasons. That's crazy. Evan Ingram had that many drops last year. The consistency. Yeah. You gotta love Larry Fitzgerald. Who doesn't love Larry Fitzgerald, by the way? I don't know. Are there Larry Fitzgerald haters out there? Like, do Rams fans not like Larry Fitzgerald? Do Seahawks fans not like? I feel like you still gotta respect him and love him. Yeah. He wore braces for a while. Good for him. He travels the world. Have you seen how many countries he's been to? No, I haven't. Yeah. So I he's bet tra- he's been to more countries than he has drops. An- another great stat. It's not even close. He's been to over 100 countries. Wow. Did I just make that up? Maybe. I think he's been to over 100 countries. But either way, honestly, to play 17 years in the NFL or however many years he's been in the NFL and to have more tackles and countries visited than you have drops while being having the third most reception second most receptions of all time is mind-boggling living that fucking life larry fitzgerald get it yeah larry all right here's here's a call from a dirt ball that i uh i ruined his day i'm sorry man 
Hey, thanks a lot, Andy. You know, I share a workspace with my wife, and I finally got off the headphones so I could listen to my podcast without, you know, putting earbuds in. I can listen to it in the room. And then you go on that Taylor Swift rant, and I'm back to headphones again. I can't even listen to your podcast in front of my wife. She gets upset now. Thanks a lot, Andy. Sorry, bro. I'm not going to apologize for it, by the way. Your Taylor Swift rant triggered a lot of people. Oh, I know it did. I don't apologize. I'm not going to apologize for it. How how old is Taylor Swift? Let's look this up. Uh, well, Andy, as as with we all know from her famous album, 1989, the year she was born. She's 31. Yeah. So she's basically been huge for over 10 years. More than that, right? Yeah. Since she was like 19. So that's why she acts like such a cunt. Okay. <laughs> because she has the maturity level and she doesn't understand the real world. At Just all. stop dropping the C on Taylor Swift. I dropped it. I dropped a silent C, a soft C, I should say. Sorry, bro. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for that one. Okay. Cuck cam question. We haven't had one of those in a while, huh? Cuck cam. I think we've done this, Joe, but I want you to reiterate. I'm going to play the call. I think we've done this before, but let's let's do it again. What's up, Joe and Andy? This is Devin from Olympia, Washington. We have a two-part call today. First, I want to fire at Nick from Spokane for his thoughts on the Mariners' uh, ownership. Um, first of all, it wasn't on the ownership. It was the team president who uh, said the – terrible things about the the players and then they fired the president so it doesn't exactly seem like uh, your friend has a leg to stand on shouldn't have been the team they've got some uh, really exciting young prospects like julio rodriguez and jared kelnick coming up so bad time to be leaving the m's second part of my question i was down in spring training last week and i noticed a number of cucks at the mariner game wearing like oakland days chicago white Sox jerseys uh, teams that were not playing the Mariners. So I guess my question is, is it acceptable to wear a different team's jersey at a spring training game? I'd love your thoughts. Thanks. I feel like the Jared Kellenick, um reference was a low-key reminder to me that we traded you guys, him, for Robinson Cano and the ghost of Diaz. So, you know, that hurts a little bit, but we'll go on to the cut cam portion of the question. Well, I think we discussed this. You get a mulligan because we've been to, you and I have been to what, three or four spring trainings. You're going to multiple games. Sometimes multiple games in a day. That's I what still I'm think saying. It, I still think wearing your jersey is like, I mean, I, I think it's cuck-ish, but I don't think it's worthy of like the cuck cam. We're not, we're not blasting out pictures. We're not hashtag cuck camming people who do this for spring training games. Yeah. You go, you travel to spring training. So you, you might be there to see your favorite team, but you're going to go see as many games as you possibly can. You want to go see different stadiums. You want to go see different stuff. Now, I, you know, wearing a hat of a different team is one thing, obviously, you know, you can only own so many hats and you can only bring so many hats with you wearing a Jersey. It's like, it's a little bit much, but yeah, I think you get a little past at spring training. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on cuck patrol when I'm at spring training. Yeah. So give him some leeway. Okay. 
you're going to know the answer for mine on this question. And I think a lot of the dirt balls will, but I'll be curious to hear your answer to this question. Hey guys, Eric from Lakewood, Colorado again. Uh, just heard the podcast from Monday and God damn, I got to stop smoking weed. <laughs> but uh, got me thinking, um, you may have told some stories like this on the podcast before you probably got some more. Uh, what's the, uh, What's the highest you've ever been at a sporting event? Um, mine was some 420 uh, a couple of years ago. I went to a Rockies game with a date and was so high that I also invited my roommate. And <laughs> that did not go well. So let me know what you got. Thanks, guys. The highest we've been at a sporting event. I mean, it, by far was me the infamous 420 day. 420 Dodgers game where you brought all of the weed with you into the stadium. Unbelievable. It was ridiculous. Like I could barely get through security. I was so stoned. Dumped a full thing of gummies in the garbage. Cause the guy's like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm so high. I'm sorry. It's 420. I don't know, man. Me, me turning don't around on me. When, when the guy looks at me and it was like trying to do me a solid and him like holding up the can of gummies and like whispering like, bro, take this to your car. And me literally, you're, you're like, like, bro, why are you talking so quiet? You're like five or six people back with Trevor and me going, hey, he said, I can't bring the gummies into the game. And you acted like you had no clue who I was. Yeah. And then I got in trouble by security for hitting the vape pen. In the game, that was by far the most stoned. I I, I blacked out that, that that night. No memory of the the drive home and the Uber. I thought a shark was going to attack me when I got in my bed that night. I mean, I know for sure the highest I've ever been at a sporting event, and this is, you know, it's a sporting event. It's one of the world's biggest sporting events, and I was definitely as high as I've ever been. Probably not the same as like, oh, I'm super high at a Dodgers game or whatever, but I was real high at the Kentucky Derby. We were eating edibles, like old school homemade edibles, like in a 10 hour drive down. And then like the we that more we we went out. It was just like an edible bonanza the whole weekend. We had a tray of brownies that we kept in the back seat and the car just stunk. Because we just let this tray of brown homemade weed brownies just bake in the sun everywhere we went. We just like shoved it under the seat. But man, I mean, I was high as balls. I was drunk. I was all kinds of things. I mean, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved, but I would that's definitely as high as I've ever been in combo with also many other substances. That'd be a fun event to be stoned at, I think. Yeah. That was a fun event. I mean, I barely remember any of it, but. Now, a lot of people don't like to do edibles and go to sports events because of paranoia or the amount of people. I love it. I love it, too. A lot of like for me. Just feeling the the atmosphere and the energy and the sounds of a, a football or baseball game, especially when you're outdoors, I think it's great. Like to me, actually, I think being high is way better at a sports event than being drunk because your sensitivities are so heightened. You're in the moment, you're in the game. 
You can just zone in on like a cheerleader. Why not both? <laughs> or both. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know me. I don't get like blackout drunk at sporting events, but like I'll go have eight beers at a baseball game. Yeah. With an edible in me. Do I plan on getting baked and going to some Reds games? Yes, I do. Dirtballs, do you want to join me? Yes, I think you should. Should I run onto the field and maybe escape the ballpark like that guy did a few years ago? Probably not going to happen if I'm on edibles. Is it easier to get away if you wear a mask? Like that guy, they found him. I'm saying like you're covering your identity. I, I mean, I, yeah, but first you still got to get away. It's pretty hard to get away. Yeah, it is. All right. What's this call about? Oh yeah, let's let's play this one real quick. Well, hello, Joe and Andy. It's Herbert the Bird. Now, last episode, there was a lot of talk on whether or not Andy was a pedophile because he lives alone in a big house in a neighborhood with lots of little kids running around, and that can raise suspicion for some folks. So here's what I say: I really didn't get labeled a pervert till I was. Harassing the paper boy and having him over to give him a bath, which was consensual, and he was 18 most of the time. So I think, Andy, as long as you stay away from that type of behavior, uh, you should be just fine. Stay dirty, you boys. Herbert the pervert. With I mean, Herbert the pervert got that. Got that McConaughey whistle and everything. Like, what is it? He sounded like Tally from South Park. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say he did with that boy? You want to touch kids? Gave him a glass? Give him a bath. Oh, a bath. Yeah. That's, well, pretty, pretty that's our pretty first. I mean, that might be the best character we've had called since Skeletor. Yeah. Skeletor. And now this person is calling to respond to Farmer Jay. Now we have some dirtball beef going on. I've noticed with some of these calls. So now he's calling to respond to Farmer Jay and also debate if I'm a pedophile. I love it. I love. I mean, honestly, this is the kind of things that you bring upon yourself when you attest. these are. They're probably all Swifties, Andy. Now they're just trying to discredit you. They're like, who cares what he says about Taylor Swift? He's a pedophile. I don't want the Swifties after us. Hey, Bruce, Plano. This is Nathan, number one Wisconsin dirtball. Uh, giving you a call back to uh, let you know that I agree with Prano. Uh, Bruce, you are, in fact, the weird old guy living in the house all alone. It's not weird when you're in your apartment in Los Angeles because everyone's single out there. But as soon as you move back to the Midwest and you're on your own and you're, you know, 35 years old plus, you immediately become a pedophile. So sorry about that. Uh, but then I also have a message for Farmer Jay in Minnesota. Uh, fuck you. Uh, no one cares about hockey. Uh, Minnesota Wild are irrelevant. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins suck. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have been a garbage fire franchise for the past 20 years. Uh, thanks. Bye. A little dirtball and dirtball beef there, Farmer Jay. Wow. Look, dude, let me, let me respond to that as far as that I'm automatically, whether I like it or not being labeled a pedophile, I do have extenuating circumstances. I mean, both my parents did die. Like, you know, it's not exactly 
the norm. The question is, how long does the parents being dead be a valid excuse? I think, again, like I said last episode, I think it's really just a, you know, a percentage of time spent in your basement factor. Like you're you have a three bedroom house, a four bedroom house, whatever it is. You're 38 year old man, 39, 38, 39. 39 year old man living alone in this house. You spend all of your time in the basement, but I don't, it's, it's suspicious. I, I, I look, look, you li- I literally talked to you last night. You're like, listen, I'm in the basement. So if you, we don't have phone service, let me know. I can go upstairs. You're it always a, in the basement. Prano, stop trying to create this narrative. That was 1230 at night. The big TVs in the basement. I, now that the weather's nice, I'm out all the time. I really am. If you guys want to hear my rundown of this weekend, this is what I did this weekend. I cleaned out the garage for about three or four hours on Saturday. Very pedophile move. Open garage, cleaning it out, seeing if the kids want to stop by for, you know, some stuff you're getting rid of. Okay, so check. Pedophile move. I worked in the yard for about an hour or two that day as well. Okay. Went for an hour run. Let me get, let me guess, checking out kids in the neighborhood. That's I mean, what I'm, I'm just saying, did you run by any schools? One. Okay. It's on the way. Uh, yesterday. I washed the car, the Corolla hatchback, went for a run. I'm outside. Like, like what, what are we talking about? This, I'm not living. In, I was living in the basement in the winter. Stop this narrative. The fire pit's going to be going. The grill's going to be going. The patio's getting clean this week. I'm not. A, I'm not. Enough of this. Audition to be the new subway spokesperson. I don't know where you guys are coming up with this stuff. It's unbelievable. You guys, I did get some info on Kings Island as far as my buddy who I coached with as a season pass for his family. And he goes, dude, you're not going to believe it. And I'm like, actually, I will. As far as the weirdos who go by themselves, they said when they went the last few times they've gone. You'll see multiple people on a roller coaster clearly there by themselves because you know they're not sitting next to anybody. Yeah. Like the coaster enthusiast is a real thing. People that have the wristband, which means the fast track, which means you. What can- percentage of coaster enthusiasts do you think are also pedophiles? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Just because I'm going to Kings Island alone. Most of the time, but also occasionally with my third grade basketball team, none of which I'm the parent of, doesn't mean I'm a pedophile. There's a bet for you. Will I ever go to Kings Island alone? I hope summer? not. I hope not. I'm never going to do that for the record. I'm never going to go to Kings Island alone. It's going to be with family or maybe a date. <laughs> Don't take your dates to Kings Island. It'll well, be a fun not- day. Definitely not the first date. Don't take a first date to Kings Island. Yeah, not a first date. Yeah. My, my buddy had that happen, though. He told me that. What? He took somebody or they took him? A girl he met. Like, he's married. He's been married for 10 years. But years ago, he met her and she's like, want to go to Kings Island for our first date? Like, she paid and everything. And she was a, uh, a kid fucker, too. Oh, no. No, she wasn't. All right, let's do one more call and then we'll uh, wrap it up. I think I know we're going to answer on this, but uh, I'm going to play it anyway. What's up, boys? It's Bryson calling again. Uh, I had a nice little discussion with my buddy and it was very interesting. And I just want to get your opinion 
And uh, kind of piggyback on what y'all were talking about with the individual quarterbacks and how many busts we've had, like in the drafts, number one picks and everything. Is it just, do we not think the NFL quarterback may be the hardest position to be successful as far as pro sports? It just seems like we have so many busts from college to NFL, and these guys, like, you have some of these Heisman Trophy winners in college, and they just don't pan out in the NFL. So I'm curious, is the quarterback position just the hardest position to be successful in, like across the board with sports? I just feel like maybe just because the draft is more popular, you know about these players more than some of the baseball drafts and other things like that. But it seems like these guys that come from college basketball are pretty successful in the NBA. The ones that actually get drafted, you know, same with baseball. So I'm just curious if maybe it's just because quarterback is that hard of a position to be successful at. Uh, which thanks. Stay nerdy. I don't think it's that the hardest to be successful at, but I think it has the the highest bar for what is considered success. Um, like, you know, there's, there's certainly guys who've been in the league a long time who, you know, are successful and it's almost like if you don't win, then that's there's no other sport where if you don't win a ring, that's like the bar for success. A hundred percent. Like you can be an NBA player and be an all timer and never have won a ring. And like, it's not, it's not really about you. Like, you know, obviously there's so many guys who like now we're in the ring chasing era and whatever, you know, et cetera. And certainly in baseball and I'm assuming in hockey, you know, there's guys who just, spent their whole career with teams that just like didn't put the team around them. But the thing is, is like in football, it starts there. Like it's very rare that you win a championship with like a mediocre quarterback. You can win a championship in any other sport with a mediocre X. You can win a championship in baseball with a mediocre ace pitcher a mediocre shortstop, a mediocre center fielder. You could win a championship with a mediocre point guard, which would be arguably the most important position in basketball. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people could argue. I don't know if hockey fans want to chat. Like, can you win a championship with a mediocre goalie? I don't know, but you can't really win a championship with a mediocre. You have to have a good Minimum, your quarterback has to be good to win a championship. Um, and I think so the bar for the bar of what we consider success for a quarterback is higher. And I think a lot of the guys, you know, I, I think also the question of like, oh, Heisman Trophy winners or a good college quarterback, like it's just not the same. College football and the NFL, especially the position of quarterback in terms of what is required for you to do is totally different. That's why the Alabama guys and the Ohio state guys and the whatever guys like don't, they're not required to make line reads because they have the best players. Oh, he's blitzing. Who cares? Our fucking line is going to block him. I don't care who's blitzing. Like, you know, Ken Dorsey never once had to go like that guy's the mic, the fucking offensive lines. Like we, we got it guy. We're going to be fine. So I think, I think just the leap is so much bigger, but I think what we, what, what we consider success is higher. And also to me, a prime example of this where 
the bar is so high for the quarterback is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is going to finish top 10 in yards and receptions, and he's won an MVP. Do you remember before last season the huge debate about him being a Hall of Famer on social yeah. media? I mean, it's ludicrous. But also, but also, is anybody arguing he hasn't had a successful career? No. No, but that's my point. Like, like we're right. we're arguing a guy who we're arguing ha- his greatness because he doesn't have a ring. Of, right. Even though he has, he's going to finish top ten all time in. Oh, rec- yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, higher than ten too. Yeah. He might finish top five in yards and touchdowns. And he has an MVP. Yeah. And people were saying, I don't know. Matt Ryan doesn't have a ring. That's how hard the or how high. And and you know, in fair in fairness, the the Falcons have been either great or kind of bad throughout his career. Like they the, there's been a lot of swings throughout his career. Playoff team, dumpster fire, playoff team, dumpster fire. Um, and again, you could put my, you know, my criticism of Matt Ryan is like the ring that they, he had on his finger that he had a, he had a, you know, a solid part in giving away, but he's still a great NFL quarterback. Like the idea that uh, this is, you know, this is the thing with the Eli Mannings, the Phillip Rivers, the whatever, like you don't play 15 years in a league, finish top 10 and everything. And you're not great. Like that's, it's just ludicrous. The idea that NFL teams are so quick to move on from guys who can't get it done. And this is again, the Fitzpatrick thing. Like you just to survive that long, like how many busts have we been like, all right, bye forever. Like just to survive that long. And then to be, have the, the stats historically to back it up. Like you have to be great. You have to be great. Yeah. So it really is just the expectation level of the NFL quarterback is so high. I think I think w- w- what we do at the quarterback position that we don't do at any other position in sports is there's good, there's great, and then like above we have above great. There's multiple like mini classes. You know what I mean? Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. Is Matt Ryan one of the elite quarterbacks of all time? I don't know. Has he been elite? during times in his, in the league for sure. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like there's all these like mini classes that we have from the goats to the guys who are in the goat conversation to the, what if they finish their careers this way? Like, you know, I mean, just think of a guy like a guy like Dan Marino, no rings, but you know, suspect postseason career. Well, it's the one position, But, but arguably guys, there are people, many, many smart like Bill Walsh got like guys who fucking know football who are like Dan Marino is the best quarterback of all time when he was playing. Like he's the best ever. And now we're like, is he seventh? Is he 10th? I was going to say it's the one position of all the sports where we constantly debate elite and top five. Because you're just you, 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 yeah. you're just not doing like like my point is when I watch the NBA or you have an NBA discussion or Major League Baseball, you're not saying is he top five, right? Is he top five? Because, be, again, because each position in any other sport, no other position affects the game is required. Yeah, is required. You can you can I mean look at the Lakers 
championships. Derek Fisher. It's Derek Fisher. Is their point guard? Now, Derek Fisher was a good point guard, but they didn't win championships because they had Derek Fisher at point guard. They won championships because they had Shaq and they had Kobe. Now, Derek Fisher did what he had to do. He was great in his role, but he was an average NBA point guard, a slightly above average NBA point guard at the time. No other position can you just be like, hey, we're great at this and this and this. Let's just fill in. Now, you know, we have the Dilfers who have championships, but like, look at those situations. Dilfer doesn't have five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Give us a ring, guys. 310-359-8365. Thanks for the calls. We'll get to some more on Thursday's episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review. If you leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, I will send you two koozies for free. It's that easy. You guys can see Joe this week in San Diego. San Diego. PB Backyard Show. There's an Instagram account. Um... Go to that Instagram account, click on a link, see if you can buy tickets. I think they sell out pretty fast, so it might be too late. You might not. I don't know if you're down there. Um, but, you know, uh, keep your eye on my calendar because it's starting to come back. Things are starting to open up. So we've got we've got shows ahead of us, hopefully. Um, and, you know, I usually post about them on my Instagram, at Joe Prano, on my Twitter, at Fix Your Life, also at Joe Prano on all other social medias. And, uh, yeah, go UCLA, go Syracuse. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, watching some more games and I was, I was pretty negative heading in, but they've been a lot of fun games. All right, guys, we'll see you in a few days. Have a great start to your week. And as always stay dirty.